0: Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
1: Headlines seize our attention, especially when they're about a crime. But there's more to these stories than just their headlines. I'm Carrie Ipema. And I'm Quinlan Posner. Every week, we'll bring you a real crime that made the headlines, one you may have heard of before, or one you may have never imagined possible. But we'll take you beyond what you see on the front page. We'll follow the story as it happens in real time and use hindsight to pull apart fact from fiction. From Lifetime comes a brand new weekly podcast Crime of a Lifetime.
0: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.
1: Get right to the romance and find the way to wow this Valentine's with 1-800-Flowers.com. From classic roses and bouquets to decadent chocolate-covered berries, gourmet treats, and more, surprise your Valentine with 1-800-Flowers.com. Right now, get the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $39.99 or upgrade to 24 Red Roses for $10 more. Go to 1800flowers.com slash tune in. That's 1800flowers.com slash tune in.
2: Do you know, oh, just before yeah. the pod as well, I want to say that I've basically done Stoptober. I've been off the source for, yeah, at least, well, the last time was the last time I was on this pod, on the, on the 2nd of October for my birthday. I've done 28 days okay I'm not doing it all I'm back on the sauce. I'm going to go out tonight watch some UFC with my mates Ooh. in London as well because it is one hell of a day but I've done 28 days and in February that's called a month. So I've done a month off
3: the sauce. I'm, in, I'm Let's impressed. Go. I'm
4: impressed.
2: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
3: You the, like men being bringing positivity to each other is what this world is all about. Congratulations on stoptober. Let's jump right into the pod. Let's go. Good morning and welcome to a new edition of the Arsenal Opinion Podcast. We are on the whistle, post Leicester away. I'm joined by Matt Candela. Matt, how are you doing?
4: Very good. So, so good to be here. So excited after that game. Uh, what a way to, to start the day.
3: And I'm joined by Johnny Cochran, who is back on the source. Johnny, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm an alien. I am
2: <laughs> a alien. I love that goalkeeper from Stoke.
3: <laughs> well, if that's how you set the tone to a podcast. It's a fantastic day. Arsenal are up to fifth in the league. We've put the table since Christmas idea in the bin. We're now in contention. Uh, I'm going to go to you, Matt, for the hottest take.
4: Well, 17 points from 21. Uh, You can't argue with that. We've come back strong. Before the game, we were on our little WhatsApp group saying, if we win today, we can safely say that we've put the poor start to the season behind us. We won. We have. And I thought we'd be talking about Smith Rowe. I thought we'd be talking about the offensive performance after the first 10 minutes, which was, or first 15. But, you know, it's difficult to talk about anything other than Aaron Ramsdale at the end of that. What character from him, from the rest of the team? And I think the biggest thing we saw is we've needed a cultural reboot for about a decade. And it looks like with these signings, um, finally, you know, we we look like something something is brewing. And it's difficult not to be excited.
3: Uh, Johnny, what is the hottest take from you? Because uh, I know, like... You 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 started as a as not a fan of Aaron Ramsdale, but now I feel like <laughs> I feel like now you're writing theme tunes. There's a merch line coming out. Like Johnny, you've gone. Are you more of a Ramsdalian than a Saliba Ultra these days? What's happened? The guy's a piss taker. That's a, it's as simple as that. <laughs> He's
2: taking the piss out of people. Did you see that save in the first half? Absolute nonsense. You shouldn't be able to do that. One of the things when we talk about Harry, well, Aaron Ramsdale, I gave him a little nickname of Harry Ramsden there, but I won't go into that. Um, Aaron Ramsdale, he he is what what I hoped for when he came into this club, even though I didn't necessarily see it with his track record of relegation, some of the things I highlighted before he came in, I thought that at best he might be a a good keeper, a leno S keeper who could come in and maybe play a little bit above what he was used to playing and the fact that he was more committed than Leno would have been of benefit, and we would have progressed in that on that front. He's not that guy, he is an absolute, serious, elite goalkeeper. He, he's a piss taker. Some of this distribution on the ground, did anyone see that absolute rude dog like half folly that he's, that he's just pulling it down, pinging things into feet, moonrakers just being spread around the thing? And, and I mean, <laughs> it's 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 a nonsense because when we talked about some of the biggest uh, obstacles that we faced in terms of playing style, one of the things that we've struggled with typically is beating the press. And we talked about the need for a central midfielder to come in to be able to play who's comfortable on the ball and make that pass into the attackers on the break so we can counter-attack. We didn't realise that it was going to be our goalkeeper who was going to be the guy to be able to do it because... You can play. You can play into his feet when there's people around him, and he does not get scared. He, the guy is serious. I'm, when I heard that he liked a bit of jerk chicken, bit of curry <laughs> goat and stuff, like I, something happened with me anyway. Jamaican roots, Jamaican heritage. I don't even meet, eat meat anymore, but I want to start yamming some jerk, jerk chicken with Aaron Ramsdale. It'd be my dream now. He is. <laughs> I brought him into my fantasy league team yesterday. Minus four hit. Those that know know, but. I mean, I've been rewarded with a man-of-match performance. Eight saves they're giving him. Eight saves. The character, the belief that he is infusing on everyone. There's nothing short of the fact that, you know, and I'll end on this for my initial insertion into this pod. He is not an a good goalkeeper. He's an extraordinary goalkeeper. And his, his peak is absolute elite. He, he's got feet like Edison. The shot stopping today was obscene. And... Not only am I bought into Aaron Ramsdale, but Arteta's Arsenal, I think this is it. I think this is all <laughs> oh, I needed to see. I
0: think this is conclusion. what I
2: needed to see. I think this is what I needed to see. I'll go to you, Pete, because we're going to keep this going. We're going to follow up man. on
3: that. We're going to follow up on that. Yeah, the, the, the hottest take for me is the uh, we could do it at home. We've demonstrated the, you know a couple of really good performances at home there was concern that going away with a really young squad that maybe we wouldn't live up to the the billing, but we came out of the traps flying today. They, we always say, you know, which Arsenal you're going to get after two minutes. Saka breaking in uh, and nearly scoring early. We made it count this time. Some brilliant finishing. But what I, I you know, you ca- you cannot keep up that level of intensity for an entire game, and. We invite a bit too much pressure on at times, but we wrote it out. That was a battling performance. That those sorts, of, those sorts of character building performances against good teams like Leicester, they 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 pay off in the end. They pay off in the home stretch. And I wasn't sure we were going to get a performance like that this early. That felt that game last season ends in a two-two, but this season with this set of players with this spirit in the squad, it felt special. It felt special. And to Matt's point, it. we now need to forget about the first three games of the season. We now need to, we need to move on from that. This is a good squad of players. This is a capable squad of players. There's going to be ups and downs, but now we know where the ups are now. And, and I don't think we had that until, you know, until after the, the first international break. So a fantastic win for Arsenal, but I think there's a lot of individual performances uh, that, that we can jump into now. Um, so I want to I want to talk about the starting eleven because it was basically the starting eleven the, uh that we rolled with against Aston Villa. Has Arteta found a formula that involves Lacazette and Aubameyang, and do we think that finally we we're starting to see a settled, balanced starting eleven at Arsenal FC? Matt.
4: Well, I think. Um... It's definitely a team that works. But I think in modern football, you don't just have your first eleven in the same way that Arsen Wenger was able to do for parts of his reign. I think you've got to have different teams that can play in different ways against for different purposes. So th- we had the team that beat Spurs. Uh, and obviously that was the one with Erdegard in, with Aubameyang, no Lacazette. And that looked like a really, really good team as well. We've got this one with no Odegaard, but then him coming in for a bit of defensive solidity. So I think what we're, where we're getting to is we've got seven or eight players who are your core starters, and then you've got two or three that can come in, people like Pepe, people like Lacazette, people like Odegaard. And it's up to those guys to really stake a claim in their 20, 30, 40-minute cameos and get themselves into that first team. And I think that's the way it's going to be. It's the way it's got to be because we're going to have injuries. We're going to have people coming in and out. But, you know, you look at someone like Tavares who's come in and you're like, well, you can't have Tierney we're just walking straight back in. It's, it's, his, it's his place to lose now. And that's what you need. You need a highly competitive team. But the good thing is we, 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 I feel genuinely like we've got 14 or 15 players who you can totally rely on. And there's been times with this Arsenal team where maybe you've had like three or four. But we're now getting up to like, we haven't got a 22-man squad you can rely on, but we've got 14 or 15 players. We've got a core team. We're finding some balance. You know, the key is what happens when some of those key players drop out and you've got to bring in the Holdings, the Maris, uh, the Elnenys, the Pepes even. Uh, that's what we're going to see. And hopefully, you know, a high tide high tide rises all, raises all ships, but it, it certainly feels balanced and that's part of that is the fact that he's had this is his team now there's no there's no arguments about it anymore and he's had the money to spend it looks like it's been spent well and now we're going to see how how good it can be but yeah balance is is is, is there at the moment.
3: Johnny uh, a, a lot of criticism uh, of Arteta last season That you know we played 4,000 different starting 11s uh, Are you starting to see a strongest 11? uh, Or do you think that, you know, it's just two games with two similar teams that we've played? Like, how are you feeling about uh, looking at team sheets before games now?
2: No, this is it. This is literally when I say this is it, this team is it. This is our starting 11. Let's not mess around anymore. Um, One of the things that I think um, was so key for Arteta to get people like me on side with was that. You have to have a manager who can see gold when it's staring him in the face. We have had so many managers over the past, um, including Arteta uh, during periods, who kind of start to stumble across a formation or whatever, and then for one reason or other they change it, um, and, and, and no setup and situation is given long enough to, you know, to thrive and, uh, and breathe and, and grow into what it could be. This right now. It has as much potential for success as we've ever seen. Certainly under him, but for a long time into the Wenger era, this team, for the first time in a very long time, I look at it and I and I see it. I get it. I actually, what I wanted from Arteta, and listen, everyone, I'm not going to come out here and pretend that I didn't say things that I said. I, I did, and I meant them. I said them with my chest at the time. But what I wanted was him and his, you know, support network, his his setup to overall go and put out performances via the team that were enough to reignite the passion and the belief again. Because it's not just, again, I didn't want him to fail. I never wanted him to fail. It's just I used to see results and performances. I'm like, we're a million miles away. This, This has got me on board. This shows me where we can be now. It's not a fad. It's not a couple of games. I've seen... A Tottenham result, which we came out here and everyone was giddy, and rightfully so, but it's Tottenham. And sometimes you get fluke results out of that. And what I said is go out and show that against teams that we're going to be in and about. You could not get a team that we're going to be any more in and about if we want to achieve our goals than Leicester. They're literally the exact team that are going to be there or thereabouts with us. And we've gone to their gaff and we've beat them up. And I'm sorry, that's what we did. They were... Ramsdale's dishing out rough justice, so is Gabrielle. And the, and the fact is, is of course, it's about the collective, it's about the unit, but there are individuals as part of the unit that, as Matt said in a, a beautiful analogy, uh, a high tide rises all. It's, they're, they're generating that uplift communally because of individuals are standing up and taking responsibility. And Ramsdale deserved every part of that opening eulogy but let's talk about some of the other big hitters. And it is the spine of the team because it is Gabriel. Ben White, obviously, sensational. I think he's got some nice nice press recently uh, with his performances. But for me, Gabriel is looking like the talisman in that back line. He, he's so strong. He's dominant. And he looks so imposing now, imperious at the back, where Jamie Vardy ain't getting change out of him. If you want a 50-50, you're on the deck. If, if you're coming in and around me, he's got a force field, he's bouncing people off, and Thomas Party, I think has flown under the radar with his performances. He's starting to seriously lead now from that midfield, and we're starting to stumble across partnerships which you can genuinely build teams around Thomas Party and la conga we're not we don't want to see Granite jacko on your back. you're done, mate It's over. you' a be- you're on the bench. Ben White and Gabrielle. there's no need for any other nonsense, and I don't want to see any of those four getting injured. And there's another front too. when I talk about Lacquer and Aubameyang. Of course, Lacquer can come off and we can see something else from Odegaard. I'd like to see a bit more, actually, if anything, uh, when he came on. But it's a small criticism and I do think Odegaard's good. But um, Lacazette and Aubameyang, those three partnerships, centre-half, centre-mid and uh, centre-forward, is what we're building this team around. Of course, there's special mention to Tommy, and um, uh, Tavares, who's been an absolute revelation at left back. And and Matt rightly said, there's no way for Tierney back in this thing. You've got to play yourself into teams like this. At the moment, Tavares is not just a highlights player getting forward, he looks decent defensively. There was a lovely moment where he was playing that line in the first half with Vardy drifting in. He waited to see if he was offside, but if not, he was back in anyway. That's good instinct. I love to see it. And then obviously, uh, you know, the only guys I haven't mentioned are Smith, Rowan, Saka, and I, you know, I've got a feeling them two are going to make it, exceptional footballers as well. So there's nothing, there's nothing to say here now other than I'm going to start to slow the criticisms down now from now on. Of course, there might be odd games and stuff. I'm bought in again. I didn't know if, if it was going to happen. I think we can achieve our goals. It's not just one game. It's everything. And fair play to Arteta. He, you know, he, he was challenged to shut me up and he's going the right way about it. Excellent.
3: Magic. Well, I, lo- I love oh. to hear all those things. I'm, I'm going to, instead of jumping in on that, because I think you two covered that really well, I'm just going to ju- jump into some deep dive praise here. Lacazette, 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 Lacazette. I, I think he something has just clicked with Lacazette. He looks confident. You, the whole team trusts him. He is the catalyst for that one-touch uh, fast football like dropping, like he drops so deep. He drops into like a deep line midfield position at times. But the way that he pulls defenders out, um, his aggression that he brings to the side, and everybody just looks to him. Like he, he is he's a bit of a, a, a sleeper character in the squad. I think what he's doing in that starting eleven is absolutely exceptional. You know, you read all the press that everybody loves him um, around the training ground. And I, I just wish every player could be in the last year of their contract because that fear, that fear just drives players to higher levels. And uh, we need to keep him fit because, uh, you know, he, he brings the best out of Aubameyang, but he also brings the best out of the younger players. And Arteta has spoken extensively in the last two or three press conferences saying, you just don't understand what's going on behind the scenes. Like these guys haven't, they've changed. They've changed their games They've changed their attitudes and they are bringing high-level, high-level football to Arsenal Football Club. And Aubameyang didn't score today, but he did a fantastic job. Like he's, you, he does, like Arteta again says, just look at the energy he transmits. He's not sulking. This time, you know, this time last season, we were like, what's happened? What's happened to this player? And, but he likes playing with Lacazette because he brings the, the best out of him. And those two have decided fuck it, we're, we're going to be leaders this season. We're going to be leaders. We want to win. And it's just beautiful to watch. Like, I I cannot tell you how much joy Lacazette is bringing me in for the amount of shit that he gets on the internet. Uh, and he's been a difference maker. I thought he was phenomenal. Uh, Matt, what do you think of uh, Alex Lacazette today?
4: I thought it was great. And I think it really goes back to that point around balance, which is it's not just about having uh, the best looking team on paper uh, or... Or, or even having the best players. It's about finding the right balance in the team. And I think we look more balanced with Lacazette almost playing a number 10 role in a way than we do with Erdogan playing a number 10 role. Uh, it just, it just, it just seems to seems to work. Um, so I think he's, he's playing really, really well. Um, I don't see him as, I don't see him as like a core fixture in every game between now and the end of the season. I think he'll go through, through phases of, of of performance and play um but it's really you know we've got such a young team so we need some more experience around it to bring out bring out the best in them and 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 that's what that's what he's doing so uh you've got to love it
3: uh, johnny like what's your what's your take on lacazette because you know we've we've criticized lacazette over the last couple of years never for the work rate but for output has he found this uh, it feels like uh, arteta has created a position for him that doesn't really exist in football because he's not quite a striker. It's not quite a number ten. He's not a midfielder. He, but he's doing something that makes the team tick. What's your take on um, on his role right now?
2: Um, this is one thing where I'll, I'll probably slow down on the kind of praise in the sense that this doesn't this doesn't come out of left field for me. For me, last year you would have heard me consistently say I think we need to play Lacazette in the team. He's the he is the best link man in our team, so you always get the best performances out of smith and Saka when Lacazette's playing. It's simple. I've even suggested if it has to be, it's at the behest of Aubameyang. But one of the things that I have called for for a while, and a friend of mine who is much more of an Arteta hater than what I am, he swears by it. And we, we agree on this, and we've said for a long time, is we should be playing 4-4-2. Like, our best our best at least attacking players on paper are our two strikers you can't leave them out and when you don't when they don't play together one of them suffers the only one who continues the output is Lacazette because he doesn't score as much but he still links play but Obamiang's our best striker like, in terms of goal scorer but he doesn't get the same service or the same um, cohesion with the attacking unit when he plays as a lone striker so for a while, I've been saying we should be going 4 2 in terms of sometimes your personnel picks your team for you. And yet we've persisted with that 4-3-3 or, you know, hybrid model. Um, but I think that at this stage, I think one of the things that I'm going to really give Arteta credit for is, again, to double down on this, he's starting to be able to see the wood from the trees, I think, in terms of being able to get the most out of the parts that he has which is one of my biggest criticisms with him previously it was like you know if these are the players that you have are you playing the right way to get the best out of him whereas I think that he's reached that point where his ideas are now clearly getting across to the players as Pete said completely you know completely validly the players look like they have bought in they certainly haven't given up they they are checked into Arteta's ideas and he's um uh, philosophy and that will take us where it takes us at the end of the day but it ain't going to be through a lack of effort and so I'll give I'll you know I'll give full credit in that respect and I think that the key now is to avoid injuries and for Arteta oh, to, to not lose his nerve you know with bad games because I'm not even going to I've seen enough from today we're not going to win the league that's not what we're out here trying to do but in terms of top four you start putting performances like that in we can rough the small teams up we can absolutely get to where we where we need to be and i think that those those basically this starting lineup is what we should be playing you know nine times out of 10 now we haven't got that many games to you know be playing players in europe get picking up injuries that for the league campaign this should be the starting lineup for the foreseeable now unless someone is absolutely ripping it in training and then they can come in and add something to this team but there shouldn't be a revolution on this model now. I think this ultimately is the way forward. And that's why I'm, I'm seriously, um, you know, buying into this project right now.
3: Magic. So let's move on to, let's, let's, let's talk about, let's have a difficult conversation. Arsenal star like the, the consistent flow of this season. I think uh, BT uh, referenced the, the Manchester City result. Listen, we we were causing Manchester City problems for a little bit with the way that we started. There's not a game this season that we haven't started well. That's a feature of the model this season, which is fantastic. But a feature of the model is also start really well, uh, maybe nick a goal, and then the pressure comes. And we start to get a little bit rattled. Some of the statistics from today, I mean, Leicester had 16 attempts at our goal, which is quite high for, for a, an Arteta side they had eight shots on target and they had four big chances. So Ramsdale uh, was obviously key in making sure that didn't happen. I don't understand how they have calculated that Arsenal only had one big chance today. That doesn't feel right. But regardless, we do invite pressure. And one of the problems, and I don't want to go against Ramsdale, but he is part of the issue. When we get under pressure a little bit, he starts to go long. He loses a little bit of his confidence and he's good with his long kicking. But that that gives the ball back to Leicester. Leicester can r- recycle it back into play and and it causes problems. Are you too worried about, you know, Brighton did it to us, Palace did it to us and Leicester did it to us. Are you worried about this? Uh, or do you think that this is something that we're going to learn to deal with and it's just part of the process?
4: Well, I mean... I was texting back and forth on our WhatsApp group with Johnny and I was going, we've got to weather the pressure here. And you can analyse it and go, oh, is it because of the kicking? Is it because of this? Is it because of that? Is it because of the youth? You're away from home and you're playing a decent team. And there's always going to be spells away from home where you have to batten down the hatches and weather the storm. And it's something that at Arsenal we've been really, really bad about. You know, we crumble, we have crumbled under pressure for a decade if you really, really pile it on us, we will crack. Even when we've been playing really well, there'll just be the ball. It's just when it gets relentless. And today it was relentless for about that, that period from must've been about 50, 55 minutes to, 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 to nearly 70 or so. It was that we couldn't keep hold of the ball. Tielemann Te- was playing really, really well. Barnes had come on. We were just, we had to be really, really resilient And the thing I loved about it was we were for once we held on and the thing about it. And I think the players, the more they do it will realize is that if you can weather it for long enough, you break the spirit of the opposition. And we did that. And I think it was, it was almost that Johnny Evans moment where he, he he maybe could have got a red and then Obama Yang sort of, sort of scared them at the other end with, with that great volley from that free kick that put it back across the goal. And after that, they Leicester were done. They were done. And so we can look at why we're inviting that pressure. We can put it down to a variety of things. But the reality is in the Premier League, you've got to be able to defend pressure. Chelsea are a team who are brilliant at it. You know, they could be in a position like we were and they make it look easy because they just slot into their places. They all do their jobs individually. They weather the storm and then they score one at the end. And they do that time and time again. So... That was the that was the best bit of today. The fact that we stood tall, because it was getting a bit a bit tetchy, you know. Um, and I loved the character we showed. We were up for the fight, and I think that's the Premier League, right? You got to you've got to win the fight first, and then you you earn the right to play football. And and that's what we did today. And we were com- and party was dropping back in, conga was dropping back in. There was total commitment to the cause. We looked like we were enjoying defending which is not something we've we, we looked like that for a long time. So, yeah, we can look at all the reasons, but the reality is pressure's going to come. It's the Premier League. It's why it's not, it's not easy. And, and I love this sort of
3: mature answer. I love yeah. that. I love that. Johnny, did, when, when you saw the pressure, the pressure waves flowing over the Arsenal back five, what, did, what, what do you think about that when you see it? Do you think we could be managing it better, or do you just have to accept that the Premier League's really strong and you're going to get that in every away game?
2: No, yeah. I I mean, you know, Matt kind of touched on it, but what I was going to say is certainly in accordance with what Matt said in the sense that I think you've got to be realistic. In any game, you're going to get the opposition having moments and spells of their own pressure. It's the way it goes. And when you're talking about playing, and this is why it's such a significant litmus test this game, because you're talking about a good team here. This is not... This is also different when you remove the North London rivalry from the Spurs result because the Spurs result was one that was set against the context of them being absolutely shit. It was great to watch, but they were shit. Like they didn't know what they were doing, and we took advantage. If you look back, that when we went 3 0 up, like they, it was really weird how bad they were. Leicester didn't they weren't shocking today. They were, they were a Leicester, you know, then we imposed ourselves on them. We took the wind out of their sails straight away. And for me, I don't mind seeing a bit of pressure. I don't even completely accept the characterisation that Ramsdale was, you know, contributing to the pressure. I actually think that one of the reasons why his kicking become a little bit more, um, a little less accurate, you could say, is that players in front of him weren't making themselves available for the parties in the way that they maybe were in the first half. The team got a little tense, but I don't necessarily think that was Aaron Ramsdale, per se, I actually think he's one of the ones that held it held it together the best. Um, and I think that, as Matt said, this is more a feather in the cap of the team, of the squad, that we can weather natural storms. You have to do it. There is no way, unless we were peak Barcelona, we can be going into games like this going, they won't even get the ball. They're not going to have a shot on goal. It's a, It's OK. We are going to have to have uh, a defence and a goalkeeper who are going to have to be able to make stops. That's the way it is. What's so exciting is now it looks like we've got them because the defence is no joke. This this is not, you know, um, completely out of the context of what we heard this week. That We've basically got the best defence in the league. You know, the best amount and most amount of clean sheets, along with Liverpool, add, a, add another one now. So we're now clear. Eleven clean sheets. We've conceded probably by the end of the weekend, maybe the fewest goals. You know, I think we've currently conceded two more than them. But um, the facts of the matter are, we are looking actually solid, robust, ready for that challenge. And so everything else that's coming after that, it's the attacking coherency which I've longed for for so long. It's starting to show that we don't need to be rampant all the time, but we need to be good enough to go and put them under pressure, nick goals, and then sit in and say, guess what? We actually trust our defence and our goalkeeper. And if you really want to come at us, we've got some counter-attacking for you as well. Give you a one-two, mate. You're going down. <laughs> love it.
3: I, I, love, I love that. That's, uh, there's a famous documentary called Jurassic Park and uh, Dr. Alan Grant says uh, when uh, the goat comes up through the ground, says uh, T-Rex doesn't want to be fed. He wants to hunt. And you don't, you don't want to see Arsenal being fed results. You want to see us hunt them down. And uh, we were in a fight today. We we were in a fight. We were in a scrap. So I, I I agree with that sentiment. This is a more satisfying result than the Spurs one because you can't say Leicester were terrible. You can't say uh, you can't say that we we lucked out. We caught them on uh, on an off day. And I, I want to address something that I read quite a lot about uh, on on the feed. Arsenal fans seem to think that you can play, some Arsenal fans seem to think that you can play at that high, that high intensity for a full 90 minutes. And they're like, the press has dropped. The press has dropped. The press always drops in a game. Uh, I, think in, I think in one of Jürgen Klopp's first season, he played at Unai Emery as in the Europa League final. And Unai Emery's strategy was let Liverpool press like machines for 60 minutes. Then when they get tired, we'll just bury them. And that's what he did. So Jurgen Klopp can't manage a, a, a press for ninety minutes, and he's you know one of the architects of of the Gegen press. So I I'm I, I'm happy about today. I'm glad that we were in a fight. And what I love about results like today is, yeah, that you know maybe there was a little bit of luck involved, but that that builds uh, muscle memory, that builds bonds in the dressing room. Can you imagine being on the coach going home today with those Arsenal boys? They will be absolutely electrified. So a good a good day on that front. Um, I wanted to uh listen, this is just for some people on the internet. I have a lot of problems with how a lot of people behaved um over the summer towards Arsenal and their transfer policy. The Leicester City Transfer Fan Club, where are you today? Where are the fanboys at? Arsenal, Arsenal have beaten Leicester I think away three games in a row. Um and now I think for the first time we can say. Is our transfer policy on par, or was it? Is it maybe a little bit better than Leicester's after the last window? What oh, do we mate. think? Too too early for this chat. I, I, I'm I think, looking at the body of work out here, and it looks like we are. We I can be I, I, taken seriously now.
4: I always remember when Arsene Wenger first came in; there was a big thing because he was. He always really wanted to get to know the character of the player. That was like his big thing, and it feels like. I mean, we just assumed that that was still, still the case, but it feels like for the last 10 years, we didn't even realize it. It's been like a slow erosion, but we have hired, you know, decent players who even the ones who shout and talk and do all that, they haven't had big characters they they just haven't been big characters. And it's meant that culturally we have been weak. We've been, uh, maybe it's too harsh to talk about like being cowardly, but it certainly felt like that as a fan that when everyone knew that Arsenal were an easy touch and yeah, we could get ourselves up for it. But that was the feeling from the top clubs is when you play Arsenal, it's three points because they'll crumble. And so the best thing that I like about our signings is it feels like they've been signed for character first, and then they've been signed for their specific ability to perform a role. Benny Blanco, love oh. him. Oh, he's he he's communicating. He's talking. Apparently, he's a big leader behind the scenes. Tommy Yasu.
2: Everyone coming <laughs> for a coma tonight.
4: That's ben White. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Yasu, Tavares. I mean, those players. Can you imagine some of our past players coming in under pressure and playing fullback? Not an easy role to play, and just like stepping in and making it look flawless. Aaron Ramsdale. We know odegaard has got good character, and so it just feels like. We're finally getting that cultural reboot that we've needed for so long. And, you know, we've talked about that that culture. Arteta's talked about that culture change. And it's pretty scary that it needed basically five new signings in the summer to make it feel like a change. But it shows just how rotten it was. And you look at the players who are are no longer playing, you know, who were playing last season. Uh, Mari, Suarez, Bellerin, Willian.
2: David Luiz,
4: like it's just they're just not they're just not the right characters. They're just not the right characters. So um, we'll find out how high their ceiling is. But you look at all those players. I mean, I'm looking at the England World Cup squad, and to be fair, I'm going well. Ramsdale, Ben White have got a decent shout of starting at the World Cup for England. Smith-Rowe's getting on that plane. I don't care. He's getting on that plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, he's he's, he's 100%. there. 100%. Yeah. He, he, Even if I mean,
2: he's got an easy jet there. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't know if they do easy jets. You know I top, can't do a
4: podcast he's... without a, a Smith-Rowe loving, but two goals in last two games, adding goals, Arsenal number 10. Oh, You've got to love it, haven't you?
2: Well, let, let's be clear about something here. Um, there's a few things. Number one, Aaron Ramsdale will be the England number one in very short order, we're going to
3: talk about Aaron Ramsdale in a minute.
2: That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I can just lay that out there anyway, because part of it I've just seen in the feed as well. Someone said that Peter Schmeichel tweeted out that um, they think that he thinks that was the best save he's ever seen. I mean, that's it, I mean, a that's, that's a nonsense. No, it's it's. What I'm saying is, I honestly think it's one of the best saves I've ever seen. It is a. That's how highly I rate it. But someone said to me when I watched it, oh, maybe it's not that good, it's a bit nearer to him. I mean, whoever's coming out with that nonsense, they they're smoking something. He had but- the
3: sun in his, eyes. Sun in, he his had the eyes. sun in his eyes.
2: It's come from around the wall and it's moving quickly. Like you don't get to see it. And he's already there to get that onto the it's a nonsense save. Shouldn't be able to do it. It's like jacking up the FIFA difficulty options to extremely hard world class standards. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's how good the keeper was. Anyway. I digress. When we talk about our business, as Matt said, and and this is where I was going to go with it as well, it is about the influx of good characters into the squad. And when you're a manager trying to, this is what I, this is one of the things that I will kind of step back on compared to some who've argued against me in, in recent times. And that is the significance of maybe Arteta's philosophy and ideas needing to bed in with certain characters. And some people have talked up the youth. I think that was slightly overplayed. I do, because our, our, some of our young players are our most consistent and, uh, and solid performers. So I don't always see how that pans out. However, the ability for our new players to come in and bed in, it it can't be overstated because... All of our new summer signings right now look like solid gold hits. They do. They look like, and I'm going to go further, and I'm going to say maybe outside of Erdogan because of how we've talked about Lacazette already, they're all starters. They all are going to start for us. Obviously, Tommy and um, Ramsdale, but I think Tavares is a starter now. You, we know that. Lokonga has to start for me. You know, what are we talking about here? These Ben White, absolutely nuts. We're talking about we've just signed the spine of our team and they're picking up the ideas that Arteta was pumping through that some players just simply weren't ready for. David Luiz at 35 or whatever, 36, just weren't ready to hear that new information. But La Conga is. You know, ben White's ready to listen. Ramsdale's coming in and saying, listen, I'm going to listen. I'm going to show you something else as well. I've got some absolute steel for you. And I've got world-class saves." And now I think that I think that we can start genuinely looking at the glimpse of what this Arsenal team can be. And it is exciting. And I actually think that, you know, of course we're looking at top four. And I don't think we should get carried away. But this looks like a team that has a ceiling higher than top four. Not not, not this year, obviously. But in the future, you feel like top four might be the first checkpoint in this team's evolution. And that is all that I wanted with Arsenal. Just the ability to dream again. And I'll tell you what, I've got it. I'm going to sleep well tonight.
3: I, you know, this is. The, I, I love hearing you talk like this, Johnny, because that's proper support, in my opinion. You see, you you have an opinion, you see something different, and you shift based on what the reality and the moment is. And I, I love because listen, I'm not going to sit here and hold my hands up and say that I looked at all of the summer signings and I was like, listen, Arteta knows. I, I there was some concerning uh this summer that I worried about a little bit, but. The, the the genius of signing characters is that if the fans like the character of the players, there's more forgiveness in the system when things go wrong. I want to see Odegaard do well. He's not in a great situation at the moment. You know, he's lacking confidence, but I want to see him do well. I love Tavares. And I, I completely agree with um, what you're both saying on Tavares. He's not—he's not the athlete that bombs forward. He's actually—he's actually quite calm. He didn't go forward too often. He was quite strategic when he went forward. But he's just doing a solid job there. Like it, him and Tommy Asu. Just—you know what I love st- about
4: Tavares was uh, Arteta coming out and going, "Edu deserves all the credit for Tavares," because you know you can tell that the, everyone's in a much better place when they're giving credit away rather than trying to store it all up for themselves. And I thought that was a very, very telling shift in general sentiment around the club. Uh, so yeah. And, and,
3: and Edu and Arteta were not on good terms, you know, heading into that international break. So things are obviously getting better behind the scenes. Uh, But Ben White has been, I I thought Ben White would be great anyway, uh, because, you know, I've got the inside line with a Leeds fan who is extremely jealous that we have him in the starting 11. But you've got great characters. They're stepping up. There are going to be ups and downs this season. Top four is going to be tough. But we're now looking at a situation where being within spitting distance of top four by January isn't a pipe dream. I think we will be there we know the, the game then you know, we've got to deal with Watford and Watford is a potential banana skin because everything's going well young players are probably buzzing and then you've got to control um you've got to control the ups as you know don't go too don't go too crazy when you're not winning and be grounded in reality but now arteta's job is you've got to contain um the propensity to be complacent heading into the Watford game because if we get those 3 points against Watford We've done 10 in 12 again. That's top four. That's top four performance. You know, it's going to be a completely different uh, ball game after the break because we've got to play Liverpool. But if that starting 11 rolls against Liverpool, it's still still a low chance of beating them because Liverpool are a spectacular side and everybody's peaking for Liverpool at the moment. I think this is the perfect season for Liverpool because, you know, all their players are like 28, 29. You know, they'll never have a better season than this. But I think I, I we're think gonna put we're, up a think, better fight.
2: I think we're gonna give him a game, Pete, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say that now. Yeah. If, if we start dishing out what we're doing at the moment, listen, Liverpool looks scary. Salah looks is easy the easily the best player in the league at the moment. There's no question about that. They're playing like Liverpool from a, a few years ago rather than last year. Um, you know, Van Dyke's back and that's no coincidence either. But we're not going to take hidings off people. I just, I, I just don't, I don't get that vibe anymore with this team. We might be beaten by them because, listen, they're a good team. But I've seen stuff today which I've longed for, and I just don't think we're going to get roughed by them anymore. And I, I, I think, i tell you what, I'm coming into that with open eyes, and, and I'm excited. We'll see what Liverpool do. Well, yeah. I, think, the- I think
4: there's also the fact that those first three games were terrible. Like, it was miserable. And, you know, we're moving past it, but I still think we're all going to remember how that felt. No one wants to go back to that. No one. And so I think those memories will still be fresh when we go into games like Liverpool. And, you know, a draw would be a phenomenal result. And absolutely, I'd bite your hand off for a draw. And we probably won't get one. We'll probably lose. But, you know... I th- I think there's there's a lot of learnings from, from, from that terrible, terrible start.
3: Yeah, and you can, you know we're not gonna it, think back to the Manchester City game. I don't think a single player in our defense that rolled out today played in that city game. Ben White had COVID, uh it was holding a Marie, Suarez, and Kalasanak, or is it holding? I don't know, but the, you know Kalasanak's
2: right, uh, right. in and the Lennon. center half, yeah.
3: And Lennon, we've got a completely different backline. It's gonna be difficult and we can't let the middle of the game go like it did against Leicester because we'll concede. But yeah. I, I don't imagine that we'll line up with the same sort of ambition against Liverpool. It'll be a different game because you've got to nick a nicker goal against um, Liverpool. You can't. You, if you try and batter Liverpool, you're gonna you're gonna concede. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting it's gonna be an interesting few months. But if we can if we can come out of December two or three points off of top four. We are in the running for top four because Arsenal get better. Uh, Any team that has six new signings gets better after January. And other teams uh, have to deal with Europe and we don't. i tell you what, who's missing the Europa League right now? I'm not.
4: Well, the other thing is, you know, when you're trying to win the league, the, the, the games that really are most important are your home and away against City, against Liverpool, against Chelsea, and maybe United. When you're trying to get top four, the most important games that you have to win are Leicester, Spurs, United. Like those, yeah. those, those, those are the three. They're all, every one of those games is a six pointer because you're going, you're basically going for that fourth spot of the yeah. four. And we've and... got
2: six points out of playing them so far. Exactly,
4: exactly. And two, and our terrible start was against two teams that, to be honest, yeah, we got, we got, we, we really got shown up in two of them. But it doesn't really matter whether you lose 1 0 or 5 0 you know, we weren't going to get the three points in those games. So, you know, we've just got to look through our fixture list in the same way that relegated clubs look at theirs and just go, we've just got to beat Leicester, Spurs, United, Everton, Villa, West Ham. And if we win those games, then we've got a really, really good chance of top four. Forget the rest for this season.
2: and do you know do you know do you know um another thing that i kind of want to draw attention to more on setup related tactic tactics related um when we look at this implementation of the 442 now there are patterns if you like that go through football it is consistent as as long as time has got on there's always been these different seasons if you like different fashions when it comes to tactics we've obviously 442 dominated in the 90s um, then it moved on to that 4 with the likes of not only uh, Arsene Venga and then even Alex Ferguson was moving ahead towards that at one point and certainly the later proponents being um, Guardiola and uh, Jurgen Klopp. But also, you look at a little buttress to that trend was when Antonio Conte came in and started rolling with that three five two or 5 and 2 And it... it, it flirted with changing the trend again. And I think that we are heading back in because, for me, the best antidote to a 4-3-3 set there's loads of other intricacies that go into football, I know, but I'm and I'm simplifying a little bit, but a 4-4-2, rather like paper-scissors-rock, is the best antidote to 4-3-3 if you do it well. Because when we go into playing Liverpool, of course we have to trust our back four to be able to live with a scary front three Salah, Mane, Firmino as well. But then you start to weigh on the shoulders, the very broad shoulders of Gabriel and say, can you stand up to Salah and say, every time you come near me, force field activated, mate, you're on the floor. I'm too strong for you. Mm -hmm. Do that. Tommy Asu, not scared. Not scared to have overlapping fullbacks, you know, because that's how Liverpool attack. But what we can offer going against them when they want to overlap with their fullbacks and overload our box is we're set up to be defensively solid but also break on you because with Smith-Rowe and Saka playing wide and dangerous the way they are, and with Lacazette in that team to be able to spring the break, to play into him and and play those guys in, listen, Trent, you want to run forward, mate? We'll play in behind you because we've got someone to hurt you. That's what's going to happen. That's what's going to... We're going to start roughing you up. Emil Smith-Rowe's going in behind you. Do you really want to keep doing this? Robertson, do you want to do that? Because Saka's going to cause nonsense as well. And, And we know... That Aubameyang doesn't want to play up on his own against Van Dyke, he's not alone in that. But if he's getting quality balls played in there, I fancy Aubameyang to gain a yard on Van Dyke. That's how we can hurt a team like Liverpool. And I'm not again. This is we're not against them this season, but I think we in our next game in our game against them will show the potential of where we could go. I, I've just got a feeling we're not going to have the consistency throughout the season. To go any higher than that, so I'm, no one should be getting carried away. We should, be, if we get top four, that's amazing. But I do think that we have seen a glimpse into the potential of this team today, and, and it is exciting.
3: So, we've spent a bit of time warming you both up for the next question. <laughs> we, have, we, have, we have to go there, and uh, things that I liked hearing today: the you know tactical setup. Uh, like Arteta is tactically flexible, and he's 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 found a system that works. We are good at defending now. He's shown that he's got better talent. ID players are signing contracts to to be with the project, and results are starting to fall. Is is are, are we at the point now where we can say uh, like we can move out of rookie manager? because he's competing against season pros he's taken on a massive project he's shifted the culture and fans are starting to buy in are we at the point now where we can say we've got a pretty decent manager here might not be might not be Pep Guardiola but he could be um he could be a better version of Brendan Rodgers what do we like where where do we think we we sit with uh, with Arteta at the moment and this is I don't I don't want to say that he's a generational manager I'm not no, I'm, I'm no. not in there but like are we are we happy with who we've got in charge of the club right now and does he get the trust to go to the you know I go think, the season
4: i think the problem we've had with arteta is uh it's been really patchy you know that first period was was great it was it was brilliant and then we went through that that period of the, of the second season which was basically the first half of it was absolutely diabolical then we had the second half of the season which was all right then we had the first three games of this season, and and now since that break, we look like we've got a completely new person in charge. So it's it's a bit like we don't know what we're dealing with. Is it is it Jekyll or is it Hyde? You know, um, and I think that's been the problem. Um, there does seem to have been a watershed moment in the international break, and it feels even more like that because he's said as much. And he basically went into the international break looking like a beaten man. He looked like a vampire. His he had dark eyes. He looked exhausted. He looked like he wasn't sleeping. The the, the everything about the club felt rotten. The way we communicated, the PR, Maitland Niles, the this, the that, everything was a complete mess. And he came back, and he said, "I've had the best fifteen days." of his career basically is what he said it was it was it was bizarre we were like what the hell happened here and since then we've seen the Arteta that we liked at the beginning who's way more positive way more optimistic making the right decisions hasn't got everything right but got got most of it right everyone's feeling good everything around the club feels better not just Arteta but everything that's happening
3: and, even the story about the autistic oh, uh, child yeah. what a beautiful story Arsenal putting him in a sensory room that's such every, a, every, a beautiful piece of
4: everything feels feel, feels on track so because it's been so patchy we can't just go out and proclaim we, that he's the real deal we can't because we've been we've been burnt before and you know um but uh, at the moment if he continues on the path he's on then I'm um, I'm 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 thinking he's he's it's looking very very positive.
3: Johnny, uh you've you've had your, your you've had your downs and then your downs with Mikel Arteta. Uh you are feeling a little bit more positive today, but you know, taking off the, the the joy glasses of the Leicester game, just looking at the body of work so far this season, like has Arteta done enough to deserve to see this through past Christmas? So <clears throat>
2: I'm going to start scaling back on Arteta now in terms of my criticisms of him. I think that he has turned a corner, I do. And I think that the reason why I think that, I should say, Matt was quite right to lay out some of the legitimate criticisms of Arteta. The way that sometimes fans like myself have been characterised as just Arteta boo boys. And some people even question whether we want Arsenal to do well because we question the manager. There've been legitimate concerns. Anyone who's looking at that, thinking, "Oh, now it's all fine," I don't think you were paying attention. It was even you, Pete. Uh, you know, uh, an Arteta cleric have have, have uh, more than waned over over your time. And there's been times where you've genuinely called into question whether you thought he was the right man. Of course, yeah, because-
3: especially before the international break, it, it looked like he'd gone off the rails with yeah. some of his be- his his behaviour that we all watched.
2: It it was it was not good enough. And he has fallen way below the standard that we needed and expected for him as an Arsenal manager at times. But what I would say is, and the key word here with Arteta is humility. What I'm getting from him is he's increased his humility and he's, he's sure he, 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 he bear witness to his own fallibility as Arsenal manager. Um, he realised that if there was an arrogance coming into his tenure, that, oh, things got a little bit easy for me back there and I'm just going to be out there think of all my bright ideas and the fact that the players are going to pick it up and the fans are going to lap me up because I look smart and I'm, you know, a bit in touch with the operator of a Swap. No, mate. We don't we don't buy that shit, OK? Number one, deliver on the pitch. And don't come with arrogance like you've been manager of Arsenal for 20 years because you've got to earn that stuff. But what he's done over this recent time, I think he's looked at it and gone, hold up, this could get really away from me here and there's no guarantees I'm going to be a manager by the, the manager by the end of this season. And I've got to dig in, get these players to fight for me and just keep, you know, I don't need to be overplaying my hands here because I haven't got, a, I'm on my, he was on his last stand. And through accepting, and I mean, do you know what? I don't want to uh, over-romanticise this, but when we even talked about the stuff with, in Mental Health Week, and we talked about one of the most important things, particularly for men, is understanding that sometimes you are not as strong as, you know, society wants you to be or, or projects men to be. And when you fall short, you can be disillusioned and, and feel worthless somewhat. And for me, I think that he's said, you know what? I, I'm, I'm just going to get back to trying my best, get back to doing what I need to do and and stop being so adversarial with the way he talks about everything. Not everyone's against you, you know, but go out there and prove that you're good enough. And I think through that contrition, he's actually gained a lot more of my respect to a lot of people who think like me. And, um, you know, I, I, I back him now. Like, let's see where this season goes. He's making the right calls. I have for a while now given him the credit of his role in the summer acquisitions because they have been a success and he was a part of that. So well done. But now I'm starting to see what his on-game plan is. And I like it. And I like what I'm seeing. And it's happening when we talk about consistency, which I've called for. I didn't want to get carried away after Tottenham. Over this period, there has been a consistency. We haven't been beaten in nine games. That's consistent. We aren't conceding as many goals. That's consistent. We've got people who are turning up, performing. That's consistent. And so... We are going to have low points as we move forward. There are going to be some downs as well, and there's going to be some highs. But I think that our par now with this team with this setup, as long as he stays the course and there's no you know wild injuries, we can achieve our targets. And that's all I wanted, that's all I hoped for. So, applaud it to Mikel, he weathered the storm. And you know what? I'll hold my hands up. I think he's doing a good job at the moment, no question.
4: I love that, and I think you can't underestimate the value that's going to come through from him having been through that bad patch. Cause sometimes you, I mean, everyone says it, you learn more from when things are bad about yourself, about the team, about people than you do when it's just easy and successful. And he went through hell. There's absolutely no doubt about it. He, he was looking at the devil in the eye and he didn't know if he was going to see the end of the week as Arsenal manager. And for someone as proud as him it must have been galling. He really went through it. There's, there's absolutely no question about that. And he came through it, and and I think he's going to be a stronger manager for it. So you know, enormously proud of of him for for doing that. And you know, we always joke he's go, "Oh yeah, young managers. You know, they're going to make mistakes. There's going to be ups and downs." And then we all say that, and then we don't tolerate any mistakes or ups and downs. So it's not really fair. And I think he's just a classic example of a young manager who's made mistakes and at the moment the sign is that he's learning from those mistakes as opposed to just continuing to make new ones and that's all you can ask because that's that was that was what that was why we did it we did it knowing that so we can't we can't then um blame him when when he makes them consistently we can blame him if he makes yeah. making the same mistakes but yeah you know he's he, he seems to be making
3: new ones rather than the same ones <laughs>
4: That's,
2: that, yeah. that's a brilliant point brilliant
3: point sorry Pete yeah I think I, I think there are there are three things that are going on that give me uh, more of a renewed hope because I you know I, I, I don't think I know everyone thinks I'm number one fanboy I just like the idea of Arteta of having a young manager that has a ceiling that we can't see Spurs do not have a manager with a with, uh, a ceiling that you can't see you know the the furthest Nuno can take you is maybe top four if you're lucky probably not with this Spurs side, you know what Rafa's going to bring you. Arteta is, uh, is is an innovator and he's supposed to be tactically flexible and I think that he could take us a long way. But what we've seen uh, is performances. We, we were Goldilocks. Like, ne- never too good, never too bad. But now we've seen really good. You know, we've seen that there is a high point to this squad. So, performances buy you time, even if the results don't come. But... He's managed to combine performances with results. Nine games unbeaten in the Premier League or, or, or in all competitions. That's a fantastic run of form, however you look at it. And I know that we haven't always played the best. You know, Brighton wasn't the best performance. Palace wasn't the best performance. But there are some good things that you can take from it. And I think the final thing that Arteta has done really well is he's bringing people along for the ride now. I think he got a little bit uh, a little bit transactional, a little bit caught up in his feelings uh, it I almost started to play the victim a little bit. He was letting he was letting Arsenal happen to him. You no, know, we're not. It's not. It's, there isn't a lot of leadership at Arsenal. He has to take a lot of that on his on his own shoulders. And then he just decided that he's going to bring people along. He brought the fans in. He's making the fans part of the project. He's always talking about the support that he gets in the stadium, and it's infectious because the fans in the stadium, home and away, have been fantastic regardless of the performance. So that's a win. He's pumping the players, young and old. Didn't do that last season. We complained a lot about that. Uh, the uh, the the praise of Saka, uh, uh even Nketiah, but the way that he talks about Ober and Lacazette is fantastic, and players listen to that, and it just feels like the whole club is pulling in the right direction now. We can see the plan, we know that there's a high ceiling, we love the players, and there's and Johnny, your point earlier, it this this could be a title-winning side in two seasons if they have another transfer window like they did the last one. That's a fact. You add a proper striker into that, and you're rolling. So, I think um, I think there's a lot of positivity to be had at Arsenal. So, um, good times. So, before we go, because we're going to
2: play music as well,
3: We've got some jams on. <laughs> yeah, well...
4: I'm just so happy, you know. I just want to listen to some swing. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I was like, where's that music coming from? Uh, yeah. Let's. Um, uh, so we've been going for an hour. I, got, I want to finish on a on a golden topic. The keeper deep dive. We've touched on him so many times, but I think the the Aaron Ramsdale story is so spectacular because even the most ardent Arsenal fan wasn't sure what was going to happen here because it was a real. You know, it wasn't a punt to the to, to Arteta who who really gunned for him. But this was a really clever signing. And I just want to add, outside the outrageous saves that he ma- made today, outside the domineering performance, the control of his box, did you know it's the moment when he told Ben White to get the physio on? He's housing. He's got, he's got there. He doesn't, he doesn't get bullied by anyone. Oh. Um, and that sort of aggression from the back inspires people. But the fact that he's weighing in and he's like, let's waste some time, boys. We, we just don't have players like that at Arsenal. The,
4: the the best comparison for me was the first game of the season. Leno got rolled. It was probably a foul. It wasn't given. He just took it. He literally just took it from Brentford, and we conceded a goal, and that was that. Today, Johnny Evans went in on him, left a bit on there. He's in his face. He's giving him shit. He's the first one there, and Gabriel's
2: then Rios backing him up,
4: and then and and it was just yeah. different, you know, and and just that shift. You just didn't realise how much we need it. But you can't give an inch in the Premier League. You can't be a soft touch. And I love the fight. And we nearly lost control a little bit, but I didn't care because it's what you want to see from Arsenal. It's what every great Arsenal team has had when you think of Vieira, Keown. it's, It's when you think you've been treated unfairly, you're right up in their face. You're giving it and your teammates are backing you up. And Brentford was an embarrassment on that front. We just took it from them, from a newly promoted team. And today we said away from home, if you want to leave something in on us, absolutely not. We're just we're, we're not going to we're, we're going to stand up to you and you're just, you've you got a whole of Arsenal behind us. So, Matt, uh, I know
3: you don't like it when I compare legendary players, but let's say it quietly. Is there a little bit of Jens Lehmann about the attitude of Aaron Ramsdale when he's on a pitch? Does he have a little bit of that aura?
4: Maybe. I think he's a bit calmer than Layman. I mean, Lehman was could be absolutely bonkers, couldn't he? But, uh, but he's
3: tough. You, you don't he, want to mess with him, right?
4: He's tough, but he's also, you know, people were going, oh, do you think he's... A, he, if I was a Leicester fan behind Aaron Ramsdale, you'd give it all game. And at the end of it, you'd go, I quite like Aaron Ramsdale. Yeah. You know, he's not one of those players that you that that you dislike as an opposition fan he's got a big cheeky smile he's always up for it he has a bit of fun and and I think that's it's it's not just the fact that he's 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 very passionate and committed I think it's the fact that he seems like a lovely bloke as well and we don't need more lovely blokes we had Hector Bellerin he was planting trees every week it was fantastic (laughs) but when you can combine that 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 lovability with that passion and commitment it's such a such an unusual blend. And I think that's what he's got. And and, and we love him, you know,
3: Johnny, I'm going to pump uh, our celebrity guest that you brought on the other week, but Nigel Winterburn won four player of the season awards. And he spoke about, you know, you have to earn that and you have to create a connection with the fans. Has Aaron Ramsdale earns that connection with the fans so far, what are you liking about Aaron Ramsdale, the person?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think, I think the biggest kind of compliment I can give to him and the signing of Ramsdale and and the changing of attitudes, not necessarily just myself, but lots of people who maybe questioned his acquisition in the first place. It's that I worried we were signing a grey man, a guy who might give you passion, but ultimately was unspectacular in a league of superstars and difference makers. That was what got people excited. And I never dreamed that Aaron Ramsdale could be a guy who, with his understated approach, he looks just like, you know, an everyday, bog-standard English player in an English league. And he's not going to grab headlines. I was wrong. He's an absolute superstar. And Matt talks about the fact that Leeds will, uh, Leicester will walk away and say, hey, I, I, even after that, we gave him shit all game and I actually like him. He's not just, they're not going to like him because he just blends into the background and you know what, he's armless. This guy's putting in man-of-the-match performances. He's a difference maker. You know, when we talk about elite keepers, it's in big, big games. Can you step up and dare we whisper its name, be the difference maker yourself as a keeper. Say, making saves that other keepers can't save. M- making the difference in big moments. And he's done that. And I didn't know that he could be that. I thought he could just... Maybe have a good game every now and then. He looks like the absolute solid gold, real deal. And I love it. And to speak on the, you know, the topic of attitude, I thought another point to draw attention to was um, in the second half when Odegaard came on, there was one point where he picked the ball up and we were under pressure. And he just, he played what looked like an attempt at a cute ball, but it just went nowhere. And Aubameyang turned around and balled him out. And he literally said, what are you doing? That is not good enough, like in terms of the pass anyway. But also, I think what he was saying was, don't just give the ball away. And I don't really care what he said. One way or another, Obama Yang lost, you know, his timidness when it came it comes to his timidity, I think might be the correct uh use well, of that. I'll take um, either one. Either one. You get what I'm saying. And he's starting to take far more of that leadership role and responsibility. He is trying to steer the ship as well in his own way. And I don't think he's the most natural leader on the pitch and we have others now, and that's why it's good. But for Young to be getting involved and and desperately trying to take stewardship of the team, trying to take the pressure off the defence for a while. And it shows what togetherness we're starting to develop now and the, the team unit, which is starting to flourish. And, Ramsdale is an embodiment of it, but it's not unique to just him. There's a lot of players that are starting to show that now and exhibit that, um, you know, that, that robustness and uh, ability to, yeah, dig in through the tough times. It, it's fantastic to see.
3: Magic. Well, uh, I, I, I'm happy that everybody's happy on this. This has been a joyful podcast. Uh, next up is, is Watford, I believe.
2: I'm, I'm going to that game.
3: You're going to that game, so we might have to we might have to dial you in for a uh, for a. Uh, we're tuning into Johnny down at the yeah. At the I mean,
2: game. I'm going to be like Ollie Ollie, what's his name from Family Guy, like the weatherman who's like it's raining. Uh, I'm going to be there on the spot, okay? And so I'll give you a proper blow by blow of the fan atmosphere and sentiment when we're live at the ground. Well, I'm I'm probably going to do it. In the Fibbers or whatever that pub's turned into now, or maybe even the Rocket. Who knows? If you've got a problem with me in general, don't come and talk to me. Okay, I'm there to watch the game. <laughs> if you come <laughs> there going, "Johnny, you shouldn't be slagging I said, "I'm not interested." All right, um, I'll be going live with these two ledges, and we uh, and I tell you what, I couldn't be going into that game, into my first game back since COVID, with more of a bounce than what I will be taking into it because today was fantastic, and there's a spring in my step.
3: Magic, Matt, you uh, you excited uh, about the, the week ahead? You're on mute.
4: I'm very excited. I've got half an eye on the scores at the moment and it's all looking pretty positive at the moment. Palace are leading City. Uh, uh, Burnley are beating Brentford. Uh, Liverpool are beating Brighton. So, you know, you talk about the teams around us. They're beginning to, 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 be, to be falling away. We could be three points behind City uh at the end of this weekend uh who would have thought but you know the the comeback is real the rebound is real and we go into into Watford uh looking looking feeling positive are
2: we and, on for uh, the league are we on for the league is that what is that no
3: hambo uh, hambo gumble is in the comments saying that uh he's looking forward to El Sakiko next which i assume he means is uh, spurs versus united <laughs> yeah. So, yeah some points oh, like again that. i'm not sure who i would prefer to get sacked nuno or ollie i think oh, uh,
2: keep ollie around for as long as
3: possible keep it's, him around, keep them both oh, around. Yeah. yeah magic all right uh johnny uh matt that was uh that was a fantastic podcast if you're listening to this uh give us a five-star review on itunes and uh come back next week because we're going to be on the whistle for Watford before the next international break arsenal are on the up Uh, fantastic win against Leicester ciao for now
2: hi I'm comedian Johnny Cochran now last year my life was turned upside down when I became a first time dad Yeah, and I'm sitting there thinking "Mm, this is a little bit crazy right now how am I going to get through all of the challenges in front of me? One of the things I thought I'd do was set up a podcast talking to other fathers about their experiences. Fathers like Russell Kane.
3: No one, no one's man is trying to suggest
2: that what a man does is 1% of the ravages of a female's body being overtaken by its alien host. And Carl Donnelly. This is the admin bit where I'm sort of, you know, obsessing
3: about prams and stuff like that. Oh, you got to get a good set of wheels.
0: I bought a vintage...
3: Uh, 1960s Marmette pram, which is so inconvenient. And it's never, we're only, it, it can't go any further than like the local park. And Doc Brown, when he's complaining about mining and how expensive it is to have kids and whatnot, they're like, well, you shouldn't have had us. So <laughs> it's, like, it's your fault. And it's like, I mean, I turn around and it costs me 300 quid. <laughs> kids are so expensive. So
2: you can listen to those guys and more in the How's Your Father podcast. Get it wherever you get
0: your podcasts. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Bears beats The Office on Peacock. Stream every moment from Dunder Mifflin and explore bonus extras and exclusives. Plus, if you're looking for more classic hits, you can stream every episode of Parks and Recreation, Two and a Half Men, and every season of SNL in the mood for something brand new? Check out Peacock's original comedies, The Amber Ruffin Show, and Save by the Bell. Whether you're craving a new binge or familiar fave, you can find tons of comedy hits on Peacock. Get started for free at PeacockTV.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
1: Headlines seize our attention, especially when they're about a crime. But there's more to these stories than just their headlines. I'm Carrie Ipema. And I'm Quinlan Posner. Every week we'll bring you a real crime that made the headlines. One you may have heard of before, or one you may have never imagined possible. But we'll take you beyond what you see on the front page. We'll follow the story as it happens in real time and use hindsight to pull apart fact from fiction. From Lifetime comes a brand new weekly podcast, Crime of a Lifetime.
0: ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family